Hey y'all, welcome back to Adorn Podcast. This is episode 56 and we are in part two of our question and answers and we have Katie Cobbs with us today. Hey. Hi friends and welcome to the Adorned Podcast. We're your hosts, Erin and Casey. We would love for you to come join us each week as we discuss what it means to be made beautiful by God's word. Whether you are a college student walking to class, a mom folding laundry during nap time, or a boss babe sitting in rush hour traffic, we hope that we can encourage and inspire you to pursue a deeper understanding of the Bible. All right, we had some fun questions and some tough questions last week. We got kind of the same coming this week. Yep. Where should we start? So let's start with this one that your daddy asked. <laughs> Thanks, he <Dad>. said, <laughs> how did Peter... J- Hang on. This is a woman's podcast. <laughs> Why is your dad asking questions? <laughs> Just kidding. My dad totally listens. <laughs> how did Peter, James, and John know it was Moses and Elijah at the Transfiguration? All right. So we need to do some work before we jump into that question, right? Let's let's kind of explain and read some passages about the transfiguration. Um, it's a big word in and of itself. So we can look to three different places in the gospel for this. There's Matthew 17, there's Mark 9, and then there's also Luke 9. And um, I think we'll, we'll read the passage in Luke. Um, do you want to read it, Katie? Yes. We're going to be starting in 28 through 36. Okay. About eight days after Jesus said this, he took Peter, John, and James with him and went up onto a mountain to pray. As he was praying, the appearance of his face changed and his clothes became as bright as a flash of lightning. Two men, Moses and Elijah, appeared in glorious splendor talking with Jesus. They spoke about his departure, which he was about to bring to fulfillment at Jerusalem. Peter and his companions were very sleepy, but when they became fully awake, they saw his glory and the two men standing with him. As the men were leaving, Jesus, Peter... As the men were leaving Jesus, Peter said to him, Master, it is good for us to be here. Let us put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what he was saying. While he was speaking, a cloud appeared and covered them, and they were afraid as they entered the cloud. A voice came from the cloud saying, This is my son whom I have chosen. Listen to him. When the voice had spoken, they found that Jesus was alone. The disciples kept this to themselves and did not tell anyone at that time what they had seen. So basically recap what what's happening here is they're up on this mountain with Jesus and then all of a sudden appears Moses and Elijah who are obviously dead at this <laughs> point. Um, and so what the Bible, what the study note, the Bible says that, you know, they, they came from being in God's presence. So they're kind of still glowing from, from being in God's presence. And, um, and Jesus is there with the two of them. So there's a couple different, um, oh, there's a lot of different theology and stuff that goes into this. But, um, basically what this symbolizes is that, um, Moses is there to symbolize the law and Elijah is there to symbolize the prophets. So having Moses there and having Elijah there and then having Jesus, Jesus is saying, you know, I have come to fulfill what the law and what the prophets um, were saying about me. And I am greater than both of those things. And, um, and then when God speaks over them, he's saying, you know, this is my son in. And so what we're seeing is that Jesus has come um, and is greater than everything that we had thought and he is greater than and he has come to fulfill everything that the Bible has said so far um, about him. And if we look back to like, why is this happening? If we go back a couple verses before what we just read. So if you look at verse 18, um, Jesus is talking to his disciples and he asks them, who do the crowds say that I am? 
and the disciples say, they say you're John the Baptist. Some of them say you're Elijah, um, that you're an old prophet that is risen. And then Jesus says to them, but who do you say that I am? And Peter answers the Christ, the Christ of God. So he's asking them, who, who do you say that I am? So then he asks them this question and then he shows them the answer, right? By bringing mm-hmm. them up on this mountain and having Moses and Elijah there. And then God saying, he is this, he is my son. So he's, that's what's happening is that Jesus is showing, you know, this is who I am. And he's affirming that. But the question that was asked was how did Peter, James, and John know, know that it was Moses and that it was Elijah, right? Because, and this is kind of a funny question for us. Cause we're like, Oh, well he's probably seen their Instagram posts, like, or he's seen <laughs> pictures of them or something like that. Or he's friends with them on Facebook, but right. that wasn't around back then. Yeah. Um, so it's not like they would have recognized them by what they look like. I mean, I guess that's maybe a possibility if somebody had like drawn, drawn them or something, but that's something. most yeah. likely not, not likely. Yeah. <laughs> um, but there's a couple, a couple different possibilities. I mean, the first one is that, you know, Jesus used their names cause it mm-hmm. says, you know, that Jesus was talking with them. So it's possible that Peter, James and John could have overheard Jesus say, Hey Moses, Hey Elijah. Um, that that's one possibility. There's also the possibility that, you know, God just gave them an awareness, like God right. just revealed to them that that's who it was. Also just the possibility that they, we're talking to each other and we don't have all of that dialogue in the right. Bible. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So maybe yeah. they said, Hey, I'm Moses or something like that. And that's just not <laughs> shake written the hand. Down. Yeah. I mean, it's possible there's yeah. stuff, you know, not everything is, is written down in the Bible. So mm-hmm. it's, it's possible. Um, so we really I, don't know. Yeah. Any other thoughts on that question? No, I think those are all good. assumptions. <laughs> like, yeah, I've got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I've got nothing. <laughs> all right. All right. Let's go to, um, Another question. This was a fun one. Aside from the Bible, what book would be your top recommendation to give to a new believer to read? You want to go first, Katie? That was my question. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you asked that one. Can I yeah. answer your own no, question? Yeah. <laughs> no, honestly, um, like women of the word was one of them mm-hmm. that I was thinking of. Um, I mean that, yeah, that was one of the main ones. Yeah. That's I mean, any, I didn't know one, that was your question. Yes. One, any, I think, like you had mentioned, um, Bible that has commentary or yeah. like a study, study Bible. Bible. I, I will sit down with my Bible, but I also, cause I, I love my Bible. I love all my notes. I just love it. You know, I just, y'all should see her Bible. It's covered <laughs> in duct tape. Um, Bruce said for my birthday this year, he was going to try to surprise me with it, but he's going to get it rebound. Oh. But he was like, but then you'd be missing it. So I really can't do it without you knowing. Oh, uh, you, would, um, you would be like searching the house <laughs> yeah. high and low. Oh, that's so, funny. So I have my Bible out, but then I also have Bruce's Bible out because mm. it is a study Bible. Yeah. And so I can, um, you know, see the commentary and the notes and his Bible. I'm studying my Bible. And it's two different yeah. translations, which oh, yeah. that helps. I love. Like, yeah. I love my NIV, and I, I love sitting with my NIV in church while our pastor is teaching ESV, because sometimes it fills in the gaps of something mm-hmm. that I may not have understood yeah. in ESV. I'm like, yeah. oh, well, it kind of explains a little better here. Or right. if there's something that I didn't maybe wouldn't have understood in my NIV that he, you know, yeah, that's cool. read. Anyway. So. That's cool. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, I say all the Jen Wilkin because, I mean, Women of the Word is a great place to start, but also None Like Him and His Image mm-hmm. talks about who God is, and that's super important for yeah. understanding the Bible. So all the Jen Wilkin. Um, and also one of my favorite books, and it's not like a book that you, like, read straight through, but it's a good 
short reference book is Essential Truths of the Christian Faith, mm-hmm. Faith, Faith, <laughs> Faith, <laughs> Faith by R.C. Sproul. I actually ended up with two copies. I just gave a copy to my dad because mm-hmm. it's such a good reference book. Like it has a, about a page and a half on anything from baptism to um what are some other things like Worship. i can't even is think. it kind of like systematic theology just really yes. condensed yes. super okay. condensed mm-hmm. since like systematic theology yeah it's just so it hits a lot so, of theological so points that you Tons. and maybe have questions yes. about yeah mm-hmm. yes it and is super helpful mm-hmm. very good reference book and yeah. so i mean systematic um, yeah. theology is really good but as a new believer that would be a little really overwhelming, overwhelming. so this is a really good suggestion yes yeah, someone recently asked me, hey, I want to know more about doctrine, uh, mm-hmm. but I don't know where to start. I'm super overwhelmed. And that's the book I told them yeah. to get. And they love it. So yeah, so that worked good. out well. Really um, only thing I would add is I, I thought it was interesting. I wanted to ask Taylor this just because since I grew up in the church, I don't feel like there was a moment where I could like relate necessarily specifically oh, yeah. to the question. Mm-hmm. So he said um, mere Christianity. Mm-hmm. He really liked that book. He mm-hmm. liked the logic behind what, you know, that Lewis brings and just like mm-hmm. the, that kind of persuasive, um, just kind of like solidifying if you're a new believer, solidifying like you're right. This yeah. is what you yeah. believe. Um, good. I thought that was, I thought it was really helpful. The other thing I thought of was maybe something like super gospel saturated. Mm-hmm. Um, just to remind us of the gospel, because I think as a new believer and even as a, old believer or whatever you want to call it. Like we need to be constantly reminded of the gospel Mm -hmm. because we're going to try to work for things or we're going to try to let that guilt is going to seep in and things like that. So, um, there's a good book that we've referenced back way back in the gospel series called the gospel, um, centered life by, um, Thune tune. I don't know how you say it's T H U N E, but it's really good. It's, um, a good thing to do in community, real short chapters that kind of just break down how the gospel affects all of your life, not just like your church life, but like, how do I live out the gospel? in conflict how do I live out the gospel in all these different areas so I think that that might be something really good too kind of on the same lines how do you study the bible what tips do you have on studying specific books or just in general I want so bad but I just don't know how this is I love this question yeah I do too this question makes my heart so happy um I just love that there's, you know, women that are craving really meeting God in his word and that are, you know, willing to ask because I think a lot of times we think, oh, everybody already is doing it. Everybody knows how to do it. I just got to act like I know how to do it. And so the fact that, um, she was brave enough to ask this question that just makes my heart so happy. So I hope we do it justice in how we answer it. Um, I'll kind of start and then maybe we can kind of just pass it around because I think we're all going to have a little bit of a different answer. I think, um, start where you're at. Like if this is something that's new to you, don't think, okay, I'm going to just do everything right now. Like start where you're at, start simple, start with, you know, um, one or two ideas. Don't try to try like 10 ideas at the same time. Um, we've mentioned on here having a good study Bible. I think that will be super helpful. Um, because there is a lot of stuff that will be really confusing as you're starting to study that the, the study Bible will be helpful with. Um, and then I think the other thing that could be really potentially helpful is grabbing someone to do it with you because mm-hmm. um, one for accountability, but two for just like being able to have discussions, because I think a lot of times the Lord moves through his word and doesn't want you, to, doesn't want it just for you. Doesn't want you to just sit in it, but wants you to then have someone where you're kind of discipling one another, or you're just like having conversations like, Oh, this morning I read this. And what do you think it means? How do I walk in light of this? What does it teach us about God? And so I think those are, those are kind of, um, my tips. We also just talked about women of the word, which has some really good practical advice on how to read the Bible. Um, so I think that would be helpful. Um, one, one practical thing, and then I hand it off. I think 
if you're starting where you're at and you don't necessarily have a study Bible or you don't have a, you know, someone to go through it with, I think reading straight scripture, um, in context. So starting at the beginning of the book and reading every verse through would be my biggest encouragement. And then I wouldn't say like, try to read a certain amount a day or anything like that. I would just say, start, say you're going to read Philippians start, you know, on chapter one, verse one, read however much you want to read or however much you feel like you can at that moment. And then just pause and either journal or write or think about, um, first, what do I learn about God in this passage? Um, what do I, you know, learn about myself and what can I do in light of that? Just ask yourself those three questions or journal them out and then just start there. Mm -hmm. And then as the Lord kind of continues to grow you, you can, um, learn about some inductive study, which we've talked about, um, which is kind of similar to those three questions, just breaking it down a little bit more. Um, and that was a really long answer. Sorry guys. (laughs) So that's kind of, that was, that's kind of what I would think. Tag team Casey. Yeah. So ditto all of that. Um, (laughs) also a good option would be to utilize the audio option on your Bible app. Um, because sometimes I've learned that I absorb things differently through audio. So when I listen to something, I might catch something that I didn't catch when I read it Mm. and if you're a podcast listener this probably will be a really good option for you because you um, like to listen to things already Uh, another good podcast to listen to is the Bible recap she does like five or six minute recaps of sections of the Bible. And so that's really good. Um, a website that is helpful is the Bible project. I like how yeah, you can good, watch good, good. a mm-hmm. short video that just summarizes a book of the Bible that helps give you context and just, um, it's a good overview. Um, I say take advantage of all the resources, but at the same time, don't let them overwhelm you. And, um, sometimes it's good to just do what Aaron said and just read straight through and let the Holy spirit do its work. Um, but another good, um, resource is the knowing faith podcast episode about Bible study. And he talks Mm -hmm. about that, or they talk about that some about how there are times to use all your resources and all your commentary. And there are times to just let the Holy spirit do his work. And, um, there's a balance in that, I think. So those are just some of, some of my thoughts. What about you, Katie? Yeah. So I would say, um, you know, if you're going to do a Bible study, like a, you know, by somebody else, like that you're yeah. a right. book that you're doing mm-hmm. that has a video or whatever, I would suggest someone, something like Jen Wilkins Genesis. And she has other books of the Bible that teaches through the Bible, not something that's topical where it's going right. to kind of jump around, but something that's going to give you like walk you through an entire book of the Bible to mm-hmm. where you, you do have that full context. And, um, yeah. So yeah, we've just helpful. done uh, God of creation, Jen Wilkins, and mm-hmm. it's really good. She has God of covenant and then she has another one, right? Another book. She has a first, first Peter, Peter. First yeah. Peter. First yes. Peter. And then, mm-hmm. um, uh, Bruce and Jonathan are both doing the James study with Matt Chandler. Mm-hmm. And so there's some good ones out there Yeah, and it's helpful. Those are definitely helpful to, um, I like, like Katie said, that it just walks through a book of the Bible and it's not super topical jumping all, all over the place. I grew up with topical everything, sermons and everything. Mm -hmm. And it just, well, I don't know if it's a good or bad thing, but I'm just, I just crave all the more, like there's just the Bible Bible. and like being taught the Bible, like straight through. Yeah. 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 Sounds good. Very good. All right. Here's a hard question. I think this was the hardest question if we're being honest. Mm -hmm. 
Does God rank sin? Take it away, Aaron. Oh, gosh. (laughs) So if you would have asked me this probably like even two weeks ago before I really started looking into this, my initial answer would have been like, no. I know. I was thinking the same thing. I put the articles on here and I was like, oh. Yeah, I went back and looked at both of those. Yeah, because I've always been under the impression that like all sin is equal. Um, And so when actually digging into this, my everything I started reading, I was like kicking back against. I was like, no, but I think there's, there's kind of what we've been learning through studying these articles and we'll link through you. One is from desiring God and one is from um, the village church. And I did some other digging around on this too. Some Billy Graham stuff was actually super helpful. Yes, I saw that too. Yeah. I just um, didn't link that, but we'll link it in the resources. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's kind of a yes and a no, like mm-hmm. does God rank sin? Yes. And no, um, no, all, I mean, all sin is, separates us from God, right? All right. sin makes us in need of a savior. So in that aspect, like there is no ranking sin of like, you need a savior more than that person needs a savior. So yes and no, <laughs> does that kind of make sense? Okay. So it is equal in the fact that it all separates us from God and it all requires redemption from Jesus. But, um, I think the way they were explaining it in Casey, you can kind of probably explain this better than me is that it's if like the effect or the, um, consequences consequences. yeah Yeah. um are different depending on the sin is that fair to say yes and I actually it's funny because I actually remember my mom explaining it to me that way when I was little was um we would talk about that we'd talk about all sins are equal you know they all are going against what God says what the Bible says but there are consequences for your sins Mm -hmm. and then my one of my youth pastors in high school he would always say it's all about choices it's all about choices because that decision that you make is going to have consequences and Mm -hmm. so there are different consequences but I thought it was interesting in the um village article he actually listed verses mm-hmm, where awful. jesus talks about sins yeah. being different that's where i was like finally like yes. i guess i can't kick against this can't anymore. kick against the bible <laughs> so in john nineteen eleven, jesus says to Pilate, he who delivered me over to you has the greater sin so jesus is saying some sins are greater yeah in ezekiel 8 6 ezekiel is told but you will see greater ab abominations sorry you will still uh you will see still greater abominations this passage declares that some abominations or sinful actions are greater than others and he goes on and he lists like three more mm-hmm. where the bible does list that some sins are greater than others mm-hmm. and um ultimately like Aaron said what it's talking about are our consequences or you know what happens with those sins and i think it was uh piper that used the example like if you spit on someone is is quite different than if you murder someone right like those mm-hmm. those are different and i think we would all agree with that yeah i think um there's in the billy graham article it was helpful because he was saying like that we see that there's different penalties for different sins which suggests the seriousness of di- of different sins like what you're saying casey and i think um I think we have a hard time with that because we we want to put ourselves on kind of an even playing field with everyone else. Mm-hmm. And and the danger with that, and they were talking about this in some of the articles, is that it allows us then to step into greater sin. Because we're like, yes. oh, well, I've already thought less fully about someone. I might as well have an affair with that. Sin begets sin. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so um, 
one of the cautions in the article was, was don't allow this to justify more sin. Mm -hmm. Um, and he was talking about, you know, that like different examples of how we do that. And so I thought that was really helpful. And, um, I'm just going to finish this question off with a quote from that village, um, article. And he says, the best news is that all sins are equal and that Jesus's blood is enough to cover all of them. Whether it's abortion, lying, stealing, cursing, adultery, pride, pornography, gluttony, Christ's blood is stronger than both the weakest and the strongest of sins. So I thought that was really good. And then he goes on to say that don't allow the phrase that all sins are equal to blind you from the damaging and damning effects of sin. Mm-hmm. So yes, all sins are differing in their consequences and in their seriousness. But at the end of the day, Jesus's blood covers all of them. We all mm-hmm. need Jesus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anything else you would add to that, Katie? No, I guess the only thing I would add is you're saying, well, I've already done this, but I think a lot of people sometimes will say, well, at least I'm not, yeah. you yeah. know, and justify it right. that way. Yeah. Um, and then I also think there are sins that are, they're not as visible and obvious. Mm-hmm. And mm. so it's easier to, like pride, like right. that's not always something that is, you know, going to be seen. Sometimes it is, but mm-hmm. if you know you have pride in your heart, like it's, um, I don't know where I was going with that. But anyway, like it's just, it's easy to hide your sin mm-hmm. sometimes and then yeah. also just be like, well, at least I'm not this or at least mm-hmm. I'm not that. I didn't kill somebody. All right. I did was, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. And remembering that those all separate us from God. Yes. Right. right. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Hopefully that answers your question. Whoever asked that one, I forget who asked that one. Was that a Facebook one? Yes. Oh, it was. that was my old boss, T- Tammy. Oh yeah, that's a good question. That was a hard question. My Very Haley's good. old boss. That was good. It was awesome. So, how do you address the tougher topics of the Bible with young children? So, I think we all will have really good answers with this because we all have young children. <laughs> but um, we mentioned about when we went to that Proclaim Truth conference, Katie and I actually were able to go to one on um, teaching theology to kids, and she had us start out um, with a really great exercise I think so before we even answer this question I think we'll start with doing this exercise so what she had us do was she had us think back to when we were young children and how did our parents address the tougher topics of the Bible if you were raised in a Christian home if not then you might not be able to relate to this but you will because at some point you were taught things about God whether he was real whether he wasn't whether he was good whether he was holy whether he was a teddy bear you know we were all taught different things either directly or indirectly about um about God and about these tougher topics of the Bible. And so the reason she had us think about that was to reveal, you know, what we learned as kids and the things that we picked up on, whether it was handled rightly or wrongly by our parents, just bringing us back to when we were a kid, what were the things that we picked up on was really helpful. Um, I think when dealing with how do then I teach my kids about these things. Um, and so, I think just like having an awareness of where our theology comes from helps us then in turn think about that as we teach mm-hmm. our kids. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, so what do you guys think? Well, how do, what is something maybe that you do when you're addressing these? I mean, do you ever, do your kids ever ask you hard questions? No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> oh. yes. This week, Cadence asked me again for the second time and We've addressed this a lot. Mommy, if God knew Adam and Eve were going to sin, why didn't he just stop them? And then Lydia followed it up with, well, if God uses us for his glory, isn't that mean? He's using us. (laughs) That's that's really like that's a very deep thought. Yes, it is. And so we I was supposed to go on a Zoom call like two minutes after this. I'm like, mommy has to go work. You (laughs) have to talk to daddy. (laughs) So that's how I handle hard questions. (laughs) 
<laughs> give it to the husband. Give That's it to the husband. Oh. No, no, really. Um, we, I did, I did talk to him about it, but I think that honesty is important. I think that, um, if you don't know the answer, be truthful and say, yeah. I don't know the answer, but let me see if I can find the answer for you. And once again, I remember my mom doing that. I remember my brother asking some really tough questions. There were some hard things going on in the world. And I remember her going to our pastor and she was like, Hey, can you talk to us about this? Yeah. And, oh, that's a good um, idea. I, I think that's mm-hmm. good. And it's good yeah. for the kids to see that like you're learning too. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that considering their age is important. And if the topic doesn't seem developmentally appropriate, you can give them a simple answer and tell them that you can talk about it more when they get older. Our friend Valerie actually, uh, Oh, y'all weren't there that night. Oh, y'all need to ask Valerie about her conversation <laughs> about the book of Leviticus with Lily. Oh um, no. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we had this conversation one night at coffee. Um, because it's tough. I mean, so Lily was reading Leviticus and I mean, there's some tough things in Leviticus. And so you have to really think, okay, what's, what's developmentally appropriate. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really cautious about not overwhelming kids, especially with my history with anxiety and cadence has a tough time with anxiety too. I don't want to overwhelm her by sharing more than she can process. Um, But at the same time, I want to remember that a lot of times kids can handle more than we realize. Mm -hmm. So it's a difficult balance, but I really think that God will guide us and equip us in teaching our children the tough topics because he wants them to know about these things. Um, and I also think it's important to to really think about what they're asking. Um, I think we talked about it on here before, but like sometimes we can overcomplicate things as moms, especially since we're so into studying theology and mm-hmm. all of this stuff. Um, so like if they ask what color the sky is, they really just might want to know, oh, the sky is blue and not all the reasons about uh, why it's blue. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, those are just kind of some of my, some of my thoughts on this this question. What yeah. do you think, Katie? I'd say the same, just not overcomplicating. My four-year-old son, no, he's not four anymore. He just turned five. My five-year-old son is very inquisitive and has lots of questions. And um, he, the other day, or actually it was at Christmas, I was actually reading the Christmas story Christmas morning before presents. And um, he was like, wait a minute. And he put his finger up and he goes, if God is in heaven, but Jesus was down here, but Jesus is God. How is God in heaven and Jesus here at the same time? And I was like, <laughs> Trinity, um, the Trinity, Trinity is mind blowing. What? Guys. I'm like, I can't, I don't. So I started trying to explain and then I just thought, I'm like, he's five years at the time. I was like, he was four years old. Like he, he doesn't, and he's not asking like this complex question. He just, right. well, I mean. It's complex. Yes. But I mean, it's not like I didn't have to sit there and he explain just a simple the Trinity answer. to him. Yeah. Yes. I he just needed I'm like, well, you know, I you know, explain my little two minute bit and then moved on to presents. Yeah. But it, it didn't Do you want to open a present? <laughs> <laughs> but it didn't have and it wasn't. It didn't have to be this long, drawn out, you know answer of what the Trinity is. Like yeah. it was just, you know what? Like God's God and he there we're not always gonna understand everything. Mm-hmm. But you know, I did explain just you know, God, the father, God, the son and the Holy spirit. And he was just okay with it. And then that was it. And I didn't have to. Kids are much more accepting. Mm -hmm. I feel Mm -hmm. like when you give them an answer, they're like, Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. I'm like, you don't have any follow up questions. (laughs) (laughs) So it can be simple, but truthful. Yeah. Like that's what it needs to be. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's a really good thing to keep in mind is I have this very 
I don't, it's not a bad, well, maybe it is a bad tendency to try to answer the next question before they even ask it. So like Harper asked me, well, why did Jesus have to die on the cross? And instead of just answering, why did he die on the cross? I had to go back and explain what the covenant was <laughs> and about Abraham and all the, so like, Abraham <laughs> cut all these animals in half and a smoking pot and flaming torch passed between in them. <laughs> I mean, all she wanted to know why, why he died on a cross. And in my mind, she was asking me like, what required him to die on a right. cross? And right. me, I could have just said, you know, you know, he was paying for our sins so that we could be with him in heaven. But instead I'm like, well, the reason he had to die was because either blood had to be shed because that's how a covenant works in order to pay for it. You know, I'm like, why am I doing that? Like, that's not necessary. Yeah. So uh, this is really helpful to me. Um, just to be reminded, like you can give an honest answer and you can give, uh, an answer that, you know, is aiding in their sanctification and their understanding of who God is without having to feel like you have to explain the entirety of scripture in right. that mm-hmm. question. Mm-hmm. I also have this tendency and it was funny. I was listening on that knowing faith one where I try to make every moment like a teaching Teaching moment moment, yeah and I like go way overboard on it (laughs) and sometimes Taylor's like okay okay (laughs) I got it I try to take every and it's not like I always try to take everything back to the gospel but I try to like make everything a learning moment which I think is a good thing but sometimes I get a little far with it but as far as like addressing the tougher topics with the bible I think creating an atmosphere where your kids feel comfortable with asking you Mm -hmm. questions is really the place you want to start because if you have a tendency that anytime they ask you a question, just be like, we'll talk about it when you're older. We'll talk about it when you're older. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes that's a valid answer, but so- if sometimes if that's what you say every time, then they're probably not going to keep asking mm-hmm. you. And so I try to remind myself of that, of just like, even if you can't give the whole answer, like at least give them mm-hmm. something so that right. they'll keep asking you. Um, like the other night, Abby asked me if I had ever lied and I was like, well, yes, but now I have to explain myself. <laughs> and of course these questions always come at bedtime. At bedtime, yes. Um, and so I told her, you know, yes. And, sh- and then I was like, but you know what? When we lie, we have to ask for forgiveness and we come and we tell the truth and all this stuff. And then, so then she had to tell me all of the lies she had told that she could ever remember. And I was like, it's okay, baby. It's okay. You're forgiven. I forgive you. <laughs> Just ask God for forgiveness and, and go to sleep. But, but I mean, it's those kind of moments where I'm like, I feel like it has to be this whole big thing and mm-hmm. to just keep it simple, but create an atmosphere where, where they will ask you because you want them to ask you those mm-hmm. questions, not yep. somebody oh, else. Oh yeah, for sure. Yep. Another thing I just thought of as you were going through that is, um, this is where I think catechism can be helpful. Yes. yes. Um, because it addresses some of these tough questions in mm-hmm. one or two sentences. Yeah. And, um, like the new city catechism also has the scripture that goes along with it. And so I think it's helpful because the wording, it's just, it's easy and you don't have to come up with it on your yes. own. And so I think that's a good resource yes. for Even this. Even like we'll be watching you know a movie or a show and it's talking about you know demigods or you know whatever mm-hmm. like and um and then you know the kids will ask well why you know why are they called a demigod or why do people think that they're a god or that they can save the world or they can do mm-hmm. this or that and i'll go back to because we do the catechism mm-hmm. also and it's just you know is there more than one true god no there is only one god mm-hmm. and yeah. they know that they mm-hmm. know yeah. those yeah. answers and so they're like oh okay and yep yeah mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. letting getting those truths just mm-hmm. saturated in their brain mm-hmm. so that they can always pull that up just yep. like we do as adults the scripture exactly yeah, so. exactly last question what has been your favorite podcast and why let's start with katie on this one <laughs> well i was gonna <laughs> piggyback because the spouse one was my favorite i like, think that's all three of our I, <laughs> well because i don't know like i just I, I think I listened to that one like three times. Well, both <laughs> funny. Both of them. It was just so fun. One to like just to have all four of y'all yeah. in yeah. here and just 
I mean, I just, I know y'all and I know your spouses yeah. and I know y'all's relationships and your marriages together. And I just have just a great respect for y'all and like up to y'all and, um, just, um, y'all love your husbands and or just they love y'all so well and y'all love them so well and I just loved listening to y'all all together I I always think that's what Haley said too I have to give a disclaimer on that one because Taylor had not he was he came straight from work and he had been up all night so he was like falling asleep (laughs) in the middle of recording (laughs) and so after he was like I feel like we need to redo that I think I fell asleep in like three of the questions and so I'm like I feel like I always have to tell people it was actually really good (laughs) it turned out really good anyways yeah I I say I like that one um but I don't know each series I've really enjoyed Mm -hmm. like I think the biblical literacy one, because that was like such a heart for yeah. this whole podcast, mm-hmm. really set a good foundation. But I really, really enjoyed the Who God Is series. I did too. I enjoyed that one because we had a lot of different voices on here mm-hmm. and they were each able to share what God has been teaching them about himself, which I loved. But I think it continued to set a foundation for everything else we've been doing. So as we've gone through Genesis, as we've gone through mm-hmm. Philippians, we've been able to say, Hey, remember how we talked about how God is immutable and he does not change. Mm-hmm. And so therefore we have that foundation as we look at the God of Genesis. So I really liked the whole who God is series. I did too. And that's what other than the Q and a with the husbands, I said episode 15, which was the one with Evie yeah. um, about God's immutability, because that was something that I had never really studied much of. I didn't even know what that word was was Mm -hmm. until we started studying and now I just I see it all the time throughout scripture and I am constantly reminding myself of that truth that um the God that's holding me today is the same God that held me during my pregnancy with Isaac Mm -hmm. but he was also the same God that parted the Red Sea yeah like Mm -hmm. he was the same God that was there with Noah Mm -hmm. I mean all of the like he has not changed and he never will. Mm -hmm. And to me, that is just so comforting. And so I feel like that episode was really life changing for me. Um, so that, that's probably my very favorite one. Yeah. And then like, as far as just like on a personal level, I feel like Genesis, that whole series, I feel like, and I think Casey, you would agree, like was the hardest, but in the best type Mm -hmm. of way. Like we studied so much for every episode and we really wanted to present you know, this passage in a way that would make you want to study more and know God more. And so I, I would say, you know, like that whole series, as far as like the prep time was part of my favorite because it like challenged us in such a wonderful, beautiful way. Yes. It was, um, beautiful sanctifying work. That's for sure. (laughs) It was, it was (laughs) having a front row seat to watching y'all study for Genesis and y'all's commitment to that has been really cool to see. Oh, Oh, I'm so proud of y'all. Well, this has been so fun. Yes. Thanks Katie for jumping in and doing this with us. Been so fun. fun to have another voice. Join us next week. I think we're going to be starting Ephesians. Join us. If you've enjoyed this episode, please feel free to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes, and most importantly, share with a friend. The beautiful music that you've heard on this episode today is by the incredibly talented Katie Cobb.